The car business is changing faster than ever, and now is the time for dealers and allied industry professionals to get ahead. Together, we'll explore practical ways to help your dealership thrive or get the best results from your account through leadership process and implementation. I'm Becky Chernick, and this is Make Your F&I Profits Stick. It's a pleasure to have you on Make Your F&I Profit Stick with Becky Chernick. And, you know, to get things started for viewers and dealers, you know, what exactly do you do, Ken? So I run uh, a company by the name of Credit Miner. And what Credit Miner does is we provide uh, numerous uh, APIs and products to the automotive industry, both the vendors and to dealerships. Uh, revolving around um, soft credit pools, revolving around other data that's used in digital retailing systems, and more recently revolving around fraud prevention in uh, at the dealership level. Okay, and Ken, uh, I know I've known you for a long time. You've been in the automotive industry a very long time. You've seen a lot of things happening. Uh, yes, I have. I'm not going to totally date myself, but <laughs> I mean, I was here at the, uh, the very early days of uh, in-house computer systems. I was here at the birth of websites and CRM systems. And so I've seen a lot of things uh, uh, you know, come to pass and grow and become a lot more sophisticated as time's gone on in the industry. Absolutely. Okay. So to get right into it, I'm going to talk a little bit more on the synthetic fraud. First of all, what is synthetic fraud? Well, synthetic fraud specifically, it's different than somebody pretending to be somebody else, or which is very prevalent in the industry, um, or other types of fraud. It specifically is what I call patient fraud. And basically what it is, it's uh, typically a, a crime ring or some really smart gangsters in a, a local or regional area building fake identities. And they do this by various means. They do it by uh, taking social security numbers from uh, various sources, illegal sources. Let's say there was a hack done on a hospital. And you know, as you probably may or may not know, when babies are born right away, they get social security numbers. So they take those socials that have been hacked from these different databases and they begin to build fake identities uh, based upon other information that they get. Uh, they'll actually pay individuals to tag on to their credit. So let's say like when you get a credit card, you can add another user. They'll pay to have that done. You know, people that have legitimate credit, they'll become that entity will become a user with them. So over a period of time, a year, year and a half, they build this fake identity into looking like in the bureaus, you know, at a uh, far away look at them, they believe that this is a real person. And eventually what happens is, you know, they get the fake driver's license done, they get everything they need, they'll even get, you know, fake uh, utility bills, they'll get fake employer IDs, I mean, they, it's very sophisticated. So when they go into a dealership, they pretend like that they are this entity or this person, if you will, that doesn't exist. But 
from a bureau standpoint, they do exist. So when they run the hard pull and they do all that, everything looks good. And they purchase the car and then no one really knows that this has happened until months down the road when the individual doesn't make that first payment and they're gone by then and that car is in another country or has been torn apart for parts or whatever it is that they decide to do with it. And um, you know, our buddy Frank McKenna had an article uh, in Automotive News not too I was going to talk to you a little bit about that. Yeah. He, yeah. The, you know, they're projecting over a billion dollars in losses specifically from synthetic fraud uh, you know, that's been happening, that, that's, that they're projecting that's going to happen. It's come close to that in the last few years anyway. So that, that is a very simplified overview of what synthetic fraud is that's really hitting the industry pretty hard right now. Okay, I get it. So here's what managers will say about that. They'll say, well, I get it, but how's that, you know, we're done, we've done our due diligence. We, we shared uh, those steps, whatever was required by the lender. And so we're off the hook. You're not off the hook. So can you explain <laughs> that? Because so if, I, yeah, yeah, if somebody, you know, it depends on your agreement with your lender. But if the lender basically comes back and says, this person is not who you said they, you know, were supposed to be when we agreed to finance this vehicle. Uh, the, in most cases, it's the dealership that gets stuck with the car, not the lender. So I think a lot of the managers feel as if, if they've done their due diligence and they validate or they felt that they validated that this customer is who they, they say that they are. They also provided whatever steps that were, were required for funding that they're off the hook. That if yeah. in the event this customer turns out not to be who they say that they are, they've done their due diligence. I, listen, if I was a manager, I would think that too, but I would suggest that those managers talk to their dealer and say, okay, what is our deal with the lenders? You know, if something like this happens, who is it that pays if we get stuck with a, a, fraud, a fraudulent transaction? And from what I know and from what I've heard, it's normally the dealership that gets stuck, not the lender. Well, that's really something else. So I, let's talk a little bit about Frank McKenna. Now, Frank McKenna, I mean, he's an expert also when it comes to uh, fraud. Is that correct? I believe, I mean, everything I've seen and everything I've heard from Frank, I think he knows his stuff. So, yeah. So, from Point Index, is that right? Is that his comp the company he uh, works with or is uh, that the name of it? Predictive. Uh, predictive. Okay. Yeah. Predictive yeah. something, I believe. Yeah. Sorry, Frank, if we butchered <laughs> that. <laughs> Didn't mean to. <laughs> but... Um, Anyway, so he was also um, in automotive news and in, a, in about 5,000 fake and talking about 5,000 fake employers. So, um, so what's up with that? Verifying customers' income, verifying uh, customers' um, proof of um, income, work, et cetera. Well, there are companies and specifically the, the credit bureaus uh, that we deal with, but also other companies that have verification systems that are pretty good, uh, that are uh, utilized or can be utilized to check all of this out uh, when someone's going through the process. The trade-off is, is, you know, dealerships are not, you know, 
you think about the way business has always been done, they're not used to having to do and take all of these steps. Um, not to mention, it can be intrusive on the 99% of the people that are not fraudsters, <laughs> because about the statistics run about one out of every 200 is, is trying to commit some type of fraud. The problem is, is that one person uh, can cost the dealership anywhere from thirty to forty thousand dollars, negating those other, you know, one hundred ninety-nine that were perfectly honest. So, unfortunately, uh, the what we're what we're getting to because of the uh, a very aggressive growth of fraud is the need to implement a lot of these technologies and systems, especially uh, in in the they don't exist right now but we're trying hard to make that change that is especially in the digital retailing landscape where the assumption is that the person is who they say they are when they're doing anything online. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So a customer will submit a electronic credit application. And so they check a box and they say, this is my information. And then the dealer, has access to process that through. And I imagine it's submitted to the lender and then the lender uh, via Route 1 or dealer track. And I would imagine that they're doing their due diligence to determine that individual is who they state that they are. How does all that work? Well, basically the lender's relying on the dealership for that. I mean, you don't find a lot of lenders that are going back out to the individual themselves uh, that's the dealership's job, you know, to find out and verify that this person is who they say they are. It, it happens occasionally, but uh, unless a person is going directly to the lender to get their financing, they're going through the dealership and it's the dealership that has to do that. So, in, and also in your example just then, if you're already to the credit application process and you're doing it, you're, you're dead right there. I mean, you, you've got to catch this before it ever gets to the credit hard pull. You've got to catch this early in the game. That's why you'll see companies such as ourselves now, even with the early soft pull process, doing something called a synthetic fraud score, uh, which is an indicator. It's not bulletproof, but it's an indicator uh, of you know, someone and their, uh, if you will, the, the information that the credit bureau has on them, depending upon whether it's financial information or other information uh, that these bureaus are building huge databases of to, to validate that this person is who they say they are. And then if that fraud score comes back high enough, uh, uh, then at that point, that's kind of like yellow alert, you know, you'd hear from Star Trek you know, shields up, you know, time to really dig into this individual to make sure that they are who they say they are by going through um, license verification systems and things like that. Uh, uh, TransUnion, as an example, has one that's called True Validate that takes a, uh, has the individual take a picture of themselves with their cell phone. Uh, and so they not only verify the, uh, they, and they do the license scan also. So they compare the picture to the license. They go into a great amount of effort and depth to, to verify that this person is who they say they are. And we're building an API for that for the industry uh, for 
uh, TransUnion for dealerships. So this, it's a system that does exist uh, in lenders uh, today, but like I said, most of the transactions and most of the due diligence is done at the dealership level, not at the lender level. So, um, so well, so anyway. you know, it's interesting because in recent news, they're talking about how IRS now is doing some sort of a scan from your driver's license um, to do, to assure that that you are who you say that you are. Is that something? Is it similar to that, Ken? That you're is that technology similar? It is, um, you know, and it's it depends on how one how deep you want to get with it. The you know, the fraudsters are pretty slick and the really good ones are sharp. Uh, just scanning a license alone many times will still not catch them. They're that good. Uh, it's the, uh, the, the next step, if you will, is having that individual take the selfie, you know, on their own device, because that's the, the devices are tracked as well by the bureaus. You know, they all have IP addresses. And if they've been associated with fraudulent activity, that comes up even at the level of early in the process at the level of the synthetic fraud score. So there are a lot of things happening behind the scenes that the bureaus are driving that uh, are pretty powerful and pretty slick that are being you know, rolled out to the industry through companies such as you know, Credit Miner and others you know, that are providing these technologies at the dealership level. Well, you know, I, 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 I find this fascinating, this whole topic fascinating because I'm in dealerships all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm in the trenches. I'm yep. at the salesperson's desk. I'm at the desk with the managers and how these uh, credit applications are submitted, um, how they are entered online that come into the dealership. And I know that um, for the life of me, I'm the... I don't really see too many desk managers really getting off their desk to va validate this information to make sure that, you know, it's accurate. So I imagine exactly. your technology would make help to streamline this process to assure that if you're not getting off the desk to assure that this customer information is accurate, even though, and, and I, again, I don't think that they realize they're on the hook for this later on down the road should the customer not continue make payments on this vehicle. So that would certainly help streamline the process and help the dealer to, to assure that, you know, for the most part, they have done their due diligence. They've locked it in. They've locked it in as much as they possibly can to determine that, Hey, I've done my due diligence. I've taken the steps that I need to take to make sure that this person isn't a fraud. Yeah. There's some of the high lines. I mean, this is, TransUnion shared this with me. There's some of the high lines that are basically uh, coming out with, they haven't officially announced this yet, but they're basically saying that if you use uh, a version of, and I'm going to use TransUnion as an example, because that's who we matched up with TransUnion because they had the highest rated fraud prevention database in the industry. So, and we were already partners with them on the softball side anyway. So it was kind of a no brainer for us to use them, but thank goodness they had the highest rate ranked uh, system. But there are a lot of manufacturers that are coming out that are saying that, okay, if dealerships use this technology, um, then uh, they're going to, you know, if they use it on an individual and that individual still winds up being a fraudster, then they, they will absolve the dealer from responsibility 
you know, if that ever happens, but they have to use this technology. And that's why we're hustling to get the API built and offer it out to, you know, every vendor in the industry that's out there that does anything, you know, that interfaces with consumers. Okay, so what you're saying, if I, if I have this correct, a lot of good information here. Thank you so much, Ken. I really appreciate you jumping on this with me. Sure. But, okay, so what you're saying is that if they go through this identity process through TransUnion, scanning the individual's face to their uh, driver's license, if this is what the dealer uh, does, right, to validate this is who the person say that they are, they will guarantee that transaction. So if in the event there is a fraud, the dealer's not on the hook. TransUnion told me that one of the one of the Highline manufacturers is going the, to be doing that. They didn't. Oh, the Highline manufacturer. Sorry, not TransUnion. Right. Okay. Well, it's understand that it's well TransUnion, not the one backing. No, it. they're it's not the, backing it. It's okay. a financing arm of one of the manufacturers. Got it. Sorry. Okay. So, okay. I, they so, didn't say which one. They said it's going to be announced sometime this year, but they didn't specify. Okay. So for All right, right now, it's still early in the game. And dealers are still very much on the hook for this, uh, you know. I think a lot of dealers are not real. I mean, realizing this, I really don't think that they get it that they're on the hook. And I've said time and time again, when's the last time you read your dealer agreement, your lender agreement? You know, when was the last time you picked it up and really uh, checked it out to determine if you're on the hook or not? And you know, especially right now, I mean, you know, customers are paying more than they've ever paid for these vehicles. And if two years down the road, you know, these vehicles aren't worth where, any, where, where they thought that they're worth, what, what happens next? You know, especially if in the event, hey, I'm not making payments on this, I'm not, a, or there may be some, been some fraudulent information, income, POIs, and that sort of stuff. You know, I, <clears throat> I believe that dealers, I think they do know. Uh, I think it's like having a toothache and not want to go to the dentist. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, I, I, I think that, you know, when you've got a billion dollars in losses in the industry, someone's got to know. I just don't think it's advertised. I don't think that, you know, if I'm a dealer and I get taken, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to publicize that. So unless it hits the newspaper or unless there's, you know, something going out, but I, I you know, and I'll have to send you this, Becky. There's a, there recently, there was a fraud ring here in Florida. It just happened in the last few weeks that they, that did get caught uh, eventually, but after doing a tremendous amount of damage and they were taking, um, it's kind of the reverse of the fraud where, you know, I was talking about the hospitals and taking newborns socials. These were elderly people that obviously have social security numbers and, uh, they were, you know, they probably had dementia or, you know, couldn't, didn't know what was going on. And they were taking their socials, sw switching the identity around and, and they hit a Kia dealership and uh, I think it was Daytona Kia. They hit them for, you know, like seven or eight sales before they finally caught on that they were, you know, fraudulent and an entire ring eventually got busted, but it's there. And occasionally it crops up in the in the news. You'll see it, and then it just goes away. But most of the stuff and most of the losses that are happening are not publicized. They're kept under wraps. Um, 
Maybe so this is, people, I mean, know. I didn't mean to cut you off, but this is yeah. exactly what I've been talking about. This is what gets me all fired up, to be honest with you, Ken. I mean, so we don't know our due diligence. We don't take the time to have our due diligence to to back find, to determine that this customer is who they, they say that they are. I mean, we don't, we don't validate this. We submit deals. In fact, they're not really good when they submit a deal. And I'm not saying every dealership, I'm not, um, but I am saying that there's a fair amount that really don't hold their sales managers accountable to validating this transaction before it's submitted to the lender, number one. Nope, I, I'd like to see where they're validating the driver's license to the credit application because I don't see that. I don't, I don't know the process where the salesperson is validating to assure that this customer is who they, they say that they are. It's not happening. I don't care. Yep. It's not happening. It's being submitted. And my, my thing is that now, not only that, but we're missing opportunity because it's not submitted correctly. You know, that's, that's kind of like my beef. If you're going to submit it, at least make sure that you have the right information so we can maximize the approval. But just right. in the information validation alone to secure and protect the dealership assets. Now, this is what gets me. Evan and I is always, has always been, you've been in the industry as long, I mean, together, right? Not want to date myself time. either. <laughs> <laughs> but what, you know, what happened to protecting the dealership assets? Exactly. So now we have these guys up at the desk who maybe have been in F&I or maybe have forgotten what F&I is all about. And that's what's happening. They're not double checking, make sure that that information's correct. F&I is not coming out. We're supposed to be meeting customers, validating this information, but who wants to do that? Path of least resistance, deal makes its way into the F&I office. And this, is, this happens a lot. And so, I feel like if in the event the dealer were at least to take the necessary precautions, you know, not this like hoodwink, you know, stuff and hope right. and a prayer that, hey, we're going to be all right. And if we're not, how much can it possibly cost us, right? Can we write a check for it and get the heck out of it and let's just keep on keeping on? I mean, it's like the cost of doing business. Is that fair I mean, to say? Right now, Well, right now, I think that is the mentality. You know, the, the key number here, and this is what TransUnion told us, it's about one in 200. There's some type of fraud going on, which doesn't sound like a lot. No. But that's not one in 200 sales. That's one in 200, uh, if you will, credit applications that are presented. Oh, okay. So we're not so talking you, sales. We're talking mm -hmm. one in 200 applications. Correct. Yeah, so there's a lot of those obviously don't buy. You know, you run no, a credit right. app. What what percentage of and and you get varying answers from dealerships, but what percentage of the people do you close that you run a bureau on? Well, it depends on the process and the dealership. There's a lot of dealers that still don't know that soft pulls exist and they do hard pulls on everybody early in the process. Uh, so um, it, it varies from store to store and from group to group, if you will, as to what their philosophy is. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot more rampant uh, than dealers, I think, realize. It's just that in a lot of cases, that, per, that entity doesn't wind up buying the car or they, you know, uh, something happens where it doesn't go all the way through to the transaction. But 
I, I believe, I really truly believe that dealers have either had it happen to them or they know someone, you know, in their 20 group or whatever that's had it happen to them where they've gotten stuck at least once. You know, well, I sure I sure have been in dealerships when, in fact, the sales manager didn't do their due diligence and it's the end of the month and it happens, you know, we're trying to sell cars, let's yep. go. They got a fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 vehicle that they took a customer's check on without validation and let the deal ride. And I'm like, okay, do we even, so here's the thing, did we even pull some, what are we calling it? Pre-screen oh, pre or something to determine that this customer is who they say that they are. And they just well, let this customer get on out of there. It's okay. Of course, a pre-screen alone won't. Doesn't, I mean, it doesn't. You know, you. that's why we've embedded the uh, synthetic fraud score because that's a much better indicator. You know, while the, when the pre-screen is done, that's, that's, that's when we believe that synthetic fraud score needs to be done is that the, you know, don't wait until you're doing the hard pull, you know, do it early in the process. So you know who you're dealing with. And these, these, the, the synthetic, uh, fraud scores, they, they're like 30 cents. I mean, they're not expensive. <laughs> you know, so it just makes that make so much sense. So are you reckon a lot more dealers are doing offsite deliveries, Ken, a mm -hmm. lot more are doing these offsite deliveries. So, uh, I imagine they have some sort of a verification process in place. What are you saying? You would well, think, right? I mean, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with the Carvana process and outside of having to send, you know, they, they did require a picture. They require a picture of the, the license front and back, but outside of that, uh, that's it. I mean, so even Carvana, I don't know what their fraud level is or what they get hit with, but, uh, but I'm, I, from a dealership standpoint, uh, yeah. I, it just it varies from store to store as to you know what they're doing. We do we have dealerships that absolutely part of their process is doing a pre-screen, you know, on the individuals before they'll take the car out. Uh, well, obviously, you know, wanting to know you know what uh, what they're dealing with even early on. Um, so, so there yeah, are out of wallet questions and that sort of stuff with um, Route One offers um, mm -hmm. to determine that customer is who they say that they are. Is are you in your synthetic uh, search? Um, it's, is it similar, or is it? No. Walk uh, us through that a bit. So basically, the the way that we would recommend. Understand, we're very prejudiced because these are products that we're. <laughs> providing right. the industry, but yes. we truly believe in them. And these are not, these are basically extensions of the credit bureaus, you know, and what they're recommending. All we're doing are building processes and APIs and, and offerings systems that emulate what the bureaus are telling us, you know, our solutions to the problem and, and our research has shown, yeah, we think they've got a, a good idea here. So our recommendation is, is early in the process, do, do pre-screens, and with those pre-screens, utilize the synthetic fraud score. Now, there are a lot of advantages, which I won't get into on the pre-screens, as far as generating leads and things like that. That's a whole nother session, if you will. Yeah. But that being said, um, in most cases, one out of 
you know, 199 out of 200, the, the synthetic fraud score is going to come in low. So a low synthetic fraud score is good. But that 1 in 200 or whatever, that, that score starts creeping up above, you know, 5, 6, 700, then that's when we're recommending that you use the, uh, the system to do the, that's like the yellow alert. And then you use the, uh, what we're calling the identify system to do the front and back of the license and do that. Now, there's going to be some dealers that are going to be doing it anyway, but it's, a, it's, it's more expensive. I mean, the, the charge from the bureaus is much higher uh, on the identify process. It's almost as much as doing the pre-screen. So um, it just depends on just how, how much you want to use the system from a cost standpoint and from a verification. If I'm a Highline dealer, I'm using it on darn near everybody. Correct. But if I'm a Chevy or Ford store or Toyota or whatever, not necessarily, I'm probably gonna lean a little bit more on the synthetic fraud score while not being bulletproof is still a pretty good indicator. And there's other indications too, uh, as you go through the process uh, that, um, that, that can come out that you need to be looking for as to whether you want somebody to require them to go through this. We're talking to digital retailing companies right now uh, on the license verification, and they do plan on having it done with all of their online transactions because uh, you really don't know what you're dealing with online when someone's going through the approval process. And well, the, yeah, I'm sorry. And one other point I want to make that what we found in some of our beta testing is that um, in a lot of cases, uh, they, they, the fraudster recognizes the system, recognizes that, you know, they're about to have to do the, uh, the front and back of their license and do the selfie and they bail. At that point, they're like, oh, someone's got one of those systems next. We're going to go to the next dealership. We're not How intimidating, we're not though, is that for a lot of customers? And I think dealers look at that and say, do yeah. I really want to put my customers through that? Well, they're already asking for the front lot uh, back in front of the license anyway, if they're trying to buy online. So the only thing that they're adding to it is the selfie. Mm -hmm. And in, in some cases, I think it could be. But, you know, the other the, the reverse of that is is we're trying to protect your identity. We're trying to make sure that someone hasn't stolen your identity and is not trying to buy a car under your name. And this absolutely catches those people. That's not even synthetic fraud. Right, that's, the, right. that's the identity stealing of identity fraud. And this one flushes those people out in no time. So there is a trade-off there. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I think that people are becoming more accustomed to having this done Right. because it's becoming more prevalent in other industries. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, but yeah, I mean, I think there's, there is a, I think it's a valid concern, but I think it's becoming less and less as we go on. It's, well, it really is at, at the point where if there is a potential um, fraud situation or they're pulling the synthetic uh, score and, and find that um, it's high, is that what you said? High is not a good no. thing, low is good. 
Because I'm getting, I'm getting confused on. Uh, there was another type of scoring is low, and then how, which one that's, is that? That well, that's the credit score. The credit now, the score, credit the score is, is the higher the better, but yours is the lower the better. Said, that's for right. God's sakes, why didn't you make it the same? <laughs> you know, no, we had to do it backwards. So okay, so low is better, high is not good. Um, well, high, high ball. FICO score is better, but anyway, high that's FICO score is better. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, but that's just that is really um, interesting. Um, um, technology. And I imagine that just having it available just makes sense because we're not doing what we need to be doing really when it comes to fact finding and validating this customer information. I see it happening all the time. So at least if a dealer, if I were a dealer, I would think, you know what, why, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I do that? You know, there's probably, it, it, it makes more sense than not. It just uh, does. The cost. I mean, that's why you wouldn't, you know, it's not free. So, well, of course, yeah. Know, but. but on the other hand, you know, if you're using a system, excuse the plug, but if you're using a system like we've developed at Credit Miner, it's paying for itself because not only are you protecting yourself on the fraud front, but in, in conjunction with that, you're also generating a lot of, really high quality leads off of your website where you're gaining the FICO score in addition to the synthetic fraud score and knowing a lot more about these individuals very early in the process, you know, when you're first dealing with them. And the more information, the better, you know. Well, I got to say a couple things too. And um, first of all, with my Evani online event, um, Ken, your um, credit miner will be a part of that. And I and I feel that that is going to be extremely important for our dealers and, you know, putting that information out in front of, you know, up for their managers, right? To have a better understanding how all this all works, yep. especially digital retailing and making sure that if we're going to get involved in this digital retailing, which I highly recommend the dealers are doing, but you want to do it in a safe and compliant way and understand all the steps. And I feel like coming together as an industry experts that you would be um, really kind of showcasing what that all looks like is going to be, it's, it's just going to be um, so important. That's going to be April 6th and 7th, by the way, um, for the online event. I'm also putting together webinar courses um, that are more slighted towards the managers, right? And, um, how to really streamline this whole process from online to in dealership to finalizing the transaction in the FNI office, which I feel like is so important to have a better understanding, to wrap our heads around how do we make this happen? And is it important to go ahead and put this process in place to help streamline the process, to help reduce fraud? And also at the same time, we're still here trying to maximize profits and sell more cars. No, absolutely. I mean, I think what you're bringing, you know, with this, uh, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I, I, I it's going it, to, I, the event makes a lot of sense. And so I'm excited to have uh, Credit Miner um, a, part, uh, a part of that um, as well. So do you want to share with the viewers and dealers any announcements coming up, Ken? <laughs> what are you, a but, reporter? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can be sometimes. Yeah. Well, My dad I mean, I, wanted me we, to be a reporter, but <laughs> as we were talking about before uh, we got online here, uh, we do have a big announcement coming out 
which I can't share yet because it's not finalized with one of the major web providers that, uh, in addition to our sister company, Dealer Reprocess, it's going to be utilizing uh, a lot of this technology. We're also coming out with a, um, uh, an equity mining uh, solution, if you will. We're calling it uh, credit mine, uh, not credit miner, equity miner. Uh, that's going to utilize uh, our other sister company, eAuto Appraise, and us coming together with our technologies, coming out with a reasonably priced uh, equity solution uh, to where dealers and their uh, prospects can find out online, real time, what the current equity is in the vehicle that they're trading in, uh, and doing it very simply. Uh, through a very simple process, if you will, using the license plate as the identifier going all the way through the soft pull, matching it up against the specific loan for that vehicle and, and finding out within a period of 60 seconds, you know, where they are equity-wise, in addition to, of course, where they are credit-wise, uh, finding, out, out, finding out all of that information easily and seamlessly, not only in the front end of the dealership, but dealers also being able to use it in their service drive as well if they you know, tend to sell or try to upgrade folks out of the service drive. What a great idea, that's awesome. I'm hearing a lot about technology being able to get back in front of the customer. Also on Ted Ng's Fixed Ops Roundtable, I will have a panel and we are discussing the connect to disconnect from finance into service and how we need to create or bridge the gap between retaining more of that cost, that business from, from finance to service, which we've been dropping a lot of over the years. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so well, the really progressive dealers do that, but I'd mm -hmm. say the bulk of dealers don't, yeah. and it is a process. It's, you know, the tech, we, we can provide the technology, but really the most, the most important thing is the process. And it's, you know, selling out of the service drive has been around in the, us old timers. We called it hawking the drive, you know, that, hawking that was, the drive, I love know, it. hawking the drive. And you know, what, what was being done was you were identifying certain individuals, you know, even in, even before you had the information, you know, you were trying to pick out uh, individuals that you could upgrade, basically tell them their payment's going to be the same as it is now. Now there's technology that's there that helps them with that. There are other systems, you know, that do equity mining that, uh, you know, go, go even beyond that. You know, they, uh, and I won't name the names, but I think most people know who they are that go, but they're quite a bit more expensive. So we're, we're really developing something for a dealership to do on their own. That's not relying on the other technologies to recommend the cars or whatever. You know, they have to do that themselves, but we're also saving the dealer a lot of money by doing it that way too. No, so I think it makes thinking. a lot of sense. And it's not only so much that, that, you know, I'll be sharing on um, Ted Ng's Roundtable um, come March Madness, but it's really about, you know, even when those touch points uh, exist. So for example, once a customer has taken delivery of a vehicle, when's the next time you might want to get in front of that customer? Maybe that customer didn't take advantage of whatever product that the that the dealer offered. So we want to be able to 
get back in front of the customer. I think Darwin Digital also offers the capability if we provide the correct information. Correct, correct information going in can help in getting back out in front of that particular customer and maybe offering again the other the opportunity to take advantage of the service contract. But it's all about the digital life cycle, right, of that customer and getting Absolutely. customers from there, from additional product offerings to even claim processing and what that whole thing looks like. And so I have Stephen Apicella, which I would talk about brilliant, but he'll be talking about the importance of that. But imagine just claim handling and knowing what products that that customer actually purchased at the dealership rather than having uh, not even being able to identify what products a customer purchased sometimes um, in service. So being able to identify that, streamlining that claim processing procedures, getting back in front of customers to do the credit mining, to give them other options that would be available to upsell um, to other, you know, obviously pretend more sales in service. So that's what it's all about. Yep. Totally agree. I'm excited. So again, Ken, thank you so much for being on this podcast with me today. And I know when you, you're ready for that other announcement, I'm going to have you back on. You've been listening to Make Your Evanite Profit Stick with Becky Chernick. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating or review wherever you're listening right now. And don't forget to share to Facebook or your favorite social media platform. Keep in mind, I offer the very best in an in-dealership or remote Evanite training since 2001 for automotive, recreational, and allied industry professionals. Get all your managers on the same page and make those Evanite profits stick.